Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. Um, If you are new to this podcast, what we do is we follow our Bible reading plan um, that Victory Point puts out. Uh, You can go to victorypoint.org and find the whole Bible reading plan and follow along in your own devotional life. We found out that it's people get more out of the podcast when they've read the scriptures themselves first. Um, I would say they probably get more out of their lives if they read the scriptures themselves first too, Um, and including me. So um, thanks everyone for uh, joining in and diving into this journey together. Um, The people who listen to this podcast are not just um, podcast listeners. We are part of the body of Christ and we belong to each other and we belong to the scriptures together. So um, uh, it's good to be engaging in conversation. And what we'll do this week, if you're new, is um, the guest and I will read the passage and then we'll reflect on it. Invite your own reflections. If you want to email me your reflections on the scripture passage or your responses to the podcast. And then um, we'll wonder what God is saying to us. And then we'll say, all right, thanks a lot. And we will see you the next day. So we got podcast episodes for you the whole day. What's unique about today is uh, this is, well, my daughter will be four days old by now. Uh, we have two daughters, but now we have, we had two daughters, now we have three, born on the third. So um, I'm recording this before that happens, but uh, I'm anticipating what that'll be like. So anyway, this week, uh, our guest for the podcast is the inimitable Chris Klein. So thanks, Chris, for joining us. Um, Chris is uh, a friend and he is, uh, he belongs to Victory Point Ministries. He is part of the preaching cohort that we had this last year. Um, Chris speaks on it all all over the country. Um, He's a speaker, a public speaker, and he's preached at our church. Um, Chris is married to Don and I'll let him introduce himself however he wants. But something that's unique about Chris is that he communicates differently than some others of us. And uh, he uses a box, a device to communicate. And uh, that means that those of us who aren't used to communicating with somebody who communicates the way Chris does are going to practice some patience this week and tune our ears to the way Chris communicates. So Chris, just to, why don't you just give us a sense of who yes. you are and you want to just uh, show us, tell us about the box that you use? Well, this is exciting for me to do because people can not only learn about the Bible, which I love to talk about. 
They can. Yes. Also, learn how to communicate with a person that uses a communication device. Well, this is exciting for me to do because people can not only learn about the Bible, which I love to talk about, they can also learn how to communicate with a person that uses a communication device. Absolutely. I, I think it's a wonderful insight. So for those of us who might be listening and feel a little bit frustrated that maybe things aren't going as fast or normal as we're used to, it's a good opportunity to, to transform a little bit and learn how to communicate with someone who communicates differently. So that's a good point, Chris. Thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to your insights this week. Um, Chris has spent some time preparing for this. Um, and so he's put some thought and effort into some of his responses. I'm really looking forward to these conversations. So thank you, Chris. Uh, with that, um, we're going to read the passage for the day and see what God is speaking to us. Yeah. Today, the passage is Exodus 14. Verses 19 through 31. Chris, if you don't mind, I'll just go ahead and read this and we'll reflect on it together. The angel of God, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel, and so the cloud was there with the darkness and lit up the night. No one, uh, sorry, one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning, watch the lord of the pillar of the fire and cloud looked down upon the egyptian army and threw the egyptian army into panic he clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty the egyptians said let us free from the israelites let us flee from the israelites for the lord is fighting for them against egypt then the lord said to moses stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the egyptians upon their chariots and chariot drivers so moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, and not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them for the right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. So when we read a passage like this, um, especially one from the Old Testament, um, there's a lot to talk about. Um, and what we want to do is listen to what God is speaking to us today. I want to be sensitive to how God is active in this passage and what he's saying to us. So Chris, yes. um, I'd love to hear a, yes. uh, any, anything that's grabbing you out of this. So, interesting. 
This is so interesting. Mm -hmm. I would like to go back to verse 12 in this passage to start. Okay. Because here we see the Israelites telling Moses, why didn't you leave us alone in Egypt? After they have cried out to God to free them, the second they are faced with adversity, they want no part of it. Hmm. Yeah. And this is where God shows them he has all the control. He parts the water for them to cross. Then he closes the water onto the Egyptians. All of a sudden, the Israelites have faith in God. Actually, they fear God. By doing that, they trust God. We have gone through a lot over the last five and almost six months. Mm -hmm. And while I don't want to make anyone mad, but it has been amazing to me how selfish Christians are. Just like the Israelites. We want it the way we want it. When adversity hits, we tend to complain about everything instead of looking around and seeing how God is at work. We say we trust him, but at the same time, we don't. Are we like the Israelites? Do we need God to do something big? Do we need God to do something visible to trust him? Or is it possible for us to look around and see God's at work? I know he is at work right now. He is doing something big, and some of us may not like it because it may not be comfortable. The Israelites, if they would admit it, were comfortable in Egypt. That's why they wanted to go back. However, God showed them he is in charge. All they have to do is to trust him. Okay, that's just not one thing. So I'll try to do better the next couple of days. <laughs> Great. Yeah, thanks for that, Chris. In, in a very simple way, I noticed this about us living in Michigan, and it's winter. And people are like, ah, it's winter. I hate winter. You know, all the ice and salt and snow, and this is terrible. I wish it was summer. And then we get to summer, and people cannot stop complaining about the summer weather. People... <laughs> I've, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, the humidity. Oh, it's so hot outside. Oh, we got, we got to go inside. It's too, uh, yeah, we can't be sitting outside. Blah, blah, blah. Like, oh my gosh, do you, <laughs> you, <just laughs> you spent all winter complaining about the cold and now you're complaining about the hot. It's never good enough for you, is it? And, uh, and I think that that same, uh, we must be descendants of the Israelites somehow because uh, they seem to have the same problem. They're complaining, rightfully so. They're complaining about being slaves in Egypt. Of course, they would complain about that. But isn't it weird that, like you said, there's something comfortable about about um, about whatever's normal? You know, I don't want to say there's something comfortable about slavery, heaven forbid. But yes. there's there's something comfortable about whatever's normal to us, even if it's bad. Um, whatever whatever we know as normal becomes what we expect. Um, even as we complain about it, like being in winter and, uh, and, and you have people complain about, Oh, we didn't get a white Christmas. And at the same time they're saying, you know, but you know, I, so like the, the next year they'll say, you know, how come it's snowing so much at Christmas? We wish we could travel or whatever. So that complaining is deep inside of us. Um, it needs to be rooted out because God delivers us. He listens to our prayers and then yep. nothing ever satisfies it, us, does it? Um, 
we're never grateful for what God's given us. We're always complaining like the grass is always greener. So I, I love that insight that you had, Chris. Thanks for that. Want something more. We always want something more. Yeah, absolutely. It's sad. It's really sad. So, so we could just maybe pause. Um, and as you're listening to this podcast, just pause and do a little self-examination. Say, like David does, search me, oh God, and know my heart. And see if there's any uh, complaining way in me and leave me in the way everlasting, right? Like, how am I, what am I complaining about? What am I, what am I easily bothered by? What am I bothered by? Uh, you know, and um, Francis Fenelon says, if you were, if you really were so perfect, you wouldn't be so easily troubled by the offenses of others. And uh, I think that applies to the complaining heart as well. If we were really so perfect, we were really following Jesus. I think we'd have nothing to complain about. We'd, we'd only be grateful for everything that God has done for us uh, and more. So, um, so yeah, thank you for that insight. What, what I was noticing was that uh, it says, it says, you know, uh, oh gosh, where is it? Where, uh, so that the water may come back on the Egyptians upon their chariots and chariot drivers. I think this is so cool. God does not just deliver the Israelites. He delivers them. Yes. But he also deals with their oppressors. You know, um, he puts an end to, so he protects them, he heals them, but he also does justice. And this gives me a lot of hope. Um, yeah. You know, you could have, uh, for example, you could have all the testing sites in the world, but if you don't have hospitals, no one's actually going to get cured. You know, if you don't have a vaccine or whatever, no one's actually going to get cured. Um, you could get uh, rid of all the, you know, nuclear weapons in the world. But if there's still, you know, factories producing them, you're always going to have them, right? And God doesn't just uh, rescue us. He doesn't just deliver us. He also deals with the problem of sin in the first place. And that gives me a lot of hope as a Christian that the, um, the, uh, the sin and the evil that we experience on a day-to-day basis um, is not just going to keep going, that God has dealt with it. And, um, and we are called into deliverance where God not only delivers us from our oppressors, but also deals with the oppressors themselves. So we, we serve a God of justice. That thought especially right now. I love that thought, especially right now. Hmm. Yeah, what do you, uh, say more about right now. Uh, when we are hearing all about these you N J U. I'm just I C E S, which they are bad 
we have to remember God has taken care of all of that at the same time we should be working with him and together were to fix what is wrong when we are hearing all about these injustices which they are bad but we have to remember God has taken care of all of that at the same time we should be working with him and together to fix what is wrong yeah I agree um, in terms of when you bring that into our today's I mean we are constantly in human history there's always been the evil of slavery and and we're fighting yes. against it right and and uh today in america we're definitely dealing with it and something that your comment reminds me of and to go back to both the complaining that you talked about at the beginning and also the way that god deals with the egyptians the oppressors the, for, to start off with the complaining thing we are so addicted to a victim mindset meaning we are many of us are seeing ourselves as oppressed and assuming that this passage is for us as the people who have been delivered but socially as we look at some of the you know like for me myself i have to realize that i'm i might be the egyptians in this story in some ways at some point all of us were enemies of god right and that there's sin in my heart and the way that I treat other people. And God is going to ultimately deal with that. And so which side do I want to be on? Do, and I can expect that if I have enjoyed privilege or power in the past, um, as other people have been oppressed and I haven't joined them on their side of seeking freedom and um, liberation, then I am going to to somehow experience some of this, that God would want to deal with that in me. And that's a fearsome thing to reckon with. So um, we can expect some, some trouble. Is what I, I'm always thinking about because while I know I have been O-P-P-R, oppress, oppressed, I also know I have been on the other hmm. side of that is well so it's knowing that 
balance. And that is what I'm always thinking about. Because while I know I have been oppressed, I also know I have been on the other side of that as well. So it's knowing that balance. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think we all can identify times where we have felt oppressed and we've all can identify times where we have been the person oppressing other people and God deals with both. God delivers us as the people who are oppressed and God comes against his love triumphs over the oppressor in us. And uh, we can expect to have, uh, have some transformation that's probably going to be painful as, as that oppressor in us gets rooted out. So thank you for, for highlighting that, Chris. So, well, thanks everybody for listening in today. Um, we'll join you back with you tomorrow morning. So, um, open up your podcast make sure you're subscribed and we'll uh we'll catch up with you then bye thanks chris bye thanks for listening to the bible reading plan podcast if you have any reflections on the scripture we just read please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message we'd love to hear from you let me send you on your way with a blessing the lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.